Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Liz on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And let's see how long this podcast takes us. I think we're all both in, both in, both got a lot to do, but we're also in, we're in a high spirit. We're in a high state of being. We're very, very happy that it's Friday and we have weekends. We have a long weekend ahead of us. Liz, I think you just implied that we were both high right now. And yeah, I just we're wanna, not high. I want to dissuade that notion yeah. right off the bat. I mean, we are I'm, in the office. We are not high. I might need it as an excuse for some of the things that I say later, but, you know, that's that's just he, not accurate. He is drinking the devil's brew, by which I mean he's drinking Coca-Cola. That's so good. <laughs> I haven't had it in, like, I don't know, a couple weeks. Yeah, it is true. Like he, he uh, Ben does not always drink Coke before we record or while we record, but it's nice when he does. Things get interesting. <laughs> when I do, you know about it. Yes, because I mostly because I go, oh crap, Ben's drinking Coke again. Yeah, that's generally the way this works. Yeah. Um. So this week we're talking. We're we're kind of inspired by a couple of different shows that are on the air right now, um, and this might hew closely to topics we've discussed before, but. It still remains, I mean, because we know, of course, better than, you know, the very talented men and women who make great television, uh, what a television show should be about. We have strong opinions sometimes about, you know, a show that is really well made, really interesting, but perhaps focuses on the wrong character. Yeah, it's just frustrating when you're watching a show that seems like it's got a lot of great elements to it. Like it has it has talented writers, it has... Um, you know, slick camera work, it's got high production value, it's got, you know, talented performers in there, and then you can just tell that one of these stories seems to be somewhat stagnant or less interesting than the other stories, and when you start to think about whether or not there's enough there with the other stories, and you realize there are, then you're like, well, it's just, they really should have changed focus, like, they really should have should have shifted and, and made it into this person's show, and you know, there's been examples of people kind of adapting as they recognize more interesting characters and developing them over the course of, you know, different seasons. So um, the one that's begun our conversation today, at least, is hopefully one of those that could learn from its mistakes and develop into something a little bit better, uh, which is Black Monday. Right. Um, the new Showtime half-hour dark comedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, starring Don Cheadle, uh, Regina Hall, Paul here, Paul Shear is in there. Uh, Andrew Rannells. That's it. Andrew Rannells. Always forget poor Andrew Rannells. I feel like, I feel like every every time you've listed the cast, uh, it's been like, you know, you know the first two, and then you're like, who's the white guy? Yeah. And you stall with Paul Shear because you know he's in it. Right. But the really the guy you're trying to think of is Andrew Rannells. That's actually that's exactly how my mind works when it comes to Black Monday. Um, which honestly, I think. I think I gave one of the few positive reviews to in that. Uh, it got it got mostly trashed. It definitely definitely got Aww. mostly trashed. Um, I liked it. Yeah, it's it's one where there's a lot of pretty glaring flaws, um, but also there's just such high energy. Um, I feel like there's a specific sense of humor that, at least if you're somewhat familiar with David Casp, then you'll understand um, kind of how some of it works. He's one of the the co-creators on this, and. Um, I, re- I remember reading or hearing from a couple people where they were like, you know, there's some really clunky, jokey exposition. And I'm like, well, that's actually, like, supposed to be a joke. Like, it's not exposition. Like, it is exposition, but it's not. Like, right. they're kind of crawl- calling attention to themselves in that way. Um, but it's very energetic, um, very high speed. 
Um, there's a little bit of a mystery to it, which I don't. I think is probably a mistake, but um, but the early ones seem to work just on that propulsive energy alone. And then the one thing that I think a lot of people have agreed on is that the more interesting character is Regina Hall. Yes. Uh, belongs to Regina Hall as opposed to uh, Don Cheadle's lead. It would be really interesting if she was the star of the show and then Cheadle could almost occupy, like, this mis- more mysterious place in the series and, like, you know, be, you know, more similar to how when the West Plane originally launched, it, the idea was, like, the original plan was that Martin Sheen would be in there, like, maybe a couple episodes a season. Like he would play, he was playing the president, but the focus was meant to be on the supporting cast, not the supporting cast, but the, you know, members of the staff. And instead, it basically became the Martin Sheen show by the end of the season, season one. Yeah, and honestly, one of the things about uh, Cheadle's character, who's playing this um, go for broke stockbroker, uh, who, who you know, he has his own firm. Um, he's he's you know very much a part of the the 80s lifestyle in that he's you know um, obsessed with with money and and showing off his money and accruing more money i think at one point in the show even says like the two things i care about are money and cocaine and uh, i think that these type of characters generally the ones that kind of burn brightly and then fade just as fast are better utilized in supporting roles because you know they'll come in for a burst of energy and then they'll pop out and let somebody who can kind of sustain um like a a a, a different more consistent energy carry it out and one of the things i look for when before i make these arguments about like you know who, sh- who could be a lead who shouldn't be a lead is evidence that you know the supporting character isn't just a good supporting character that i want to see more of but somebody who has like a juicy backstory and a lot of great building blocks and regina hall's character is somebody who she's not quite at the top but she's in a great position she's supposed to be this skilled trader who you know uh is the best on the block but she's underappreciated because she's a woman she's underappreciated because she's black she's overlooked because of both these reasons and um but she still has built up this kind of roster of clients who depend on her and trust her and i think for one thing kind of digging into how she did that is interesting uh for another the idea that she's trying to ascend to the top instead of following somebody who's already there that's a more compelling arc um the fact that she has a boyfriend who may or not be the best influence on her as well as family who has this kind of strange backstory which i think is coming up in later episodes uh, if you're keeping up with this since it just debuted it debuted uh like sunday yeah, yesterday just like a, uh, i think like yeah maybe like a week or two ago um, yeah, so I, I think if you if you look at her, you know, over the course of these first three or four episodes, you're going to see, like, holy shit, there's a lot here. And Regina Hall is great. Like, she's somebody who we we have recognized, especially this year, for Support the Girls, um, as somebody who you know, is, is deserving of a big spotlight. And um, this isn't just a case of, like, man, I really wish she had a spotlight. The character is there. Like, there's a lot to explore within the character in terms of, um, what she's fighting against, how much, you know, kind of positive, fun energy she has already, uh, and then obviously the talents of the actress. So uh, I think it's a, I think it, it would be a slam dunk if the show was about her. And it's just kind of, it feels like it's trapped in the past by being about another kind of spoiled rich guy who just, you know, goes home and mopes because he doesn't have the girl of his dreams. Like, I, I don't know. We've seen yeah. all that before. Right. And I mean, I feel like also, like, I feel like honestly, 
as much as as much as like Don Cheadle is clearly the star of the show, even Andrew Rannells has more to do on screen and has more of an arc than uh, and like I think Andrew Rannells is I think who you're thinking of in terms of the aspiring young guy who's going to try to climb his way to the top, uh, and he's going to get that arc. Um, on, and but like yeah, Regina Hall. I think I think honestly when you were talking about how you know you want. You want someone like her at the lead, and then you want someone with the energy of someone like Don Cheadle to come bursting in from time to time. I mean, that is literally the formula that made uh, Girls Trip work so well, um, as as the movie it is. Like, I think because yeah, Tiffany Haddish really is wonderful in that movie, but it's Regina Hall's movie. It's her story. She is the protagonist, and it's just like, but in. But her journey is beautifully enhanced by what uh, Tiffany Haddish does in, in her as her character. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think it's a really interesting point. And Regina Hall has gone underappreciated in these roles for quite some time. But I mean that yeah, if by the end of Black Monday season one she's kind of taking over, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily you know there's nothing to suggest that that's exactly what will happen or you know just how successful the show is going to be or. You know where they end up taking it because you know what they set up in the pilot has a very clear arc to it as well as kind of a, a ticking clock scenario but yeah um but if it is going to be kind of an ongoing longer series like showtime does you know want to invest in then that is definitely a way where they could they could extend it and also improve it um which would be you know it'd be nice to see and these kind of things have happened in the past i'm kind of uh, at least in my own brain, uh, annoyingly, um, <laughs> annoyingly nagging the Nick about the fact that they didn't make Andre Holland's doctor the lead character yeah. in that series because um, I have nothing against nothing against Clive Owen. I think Clive Owen's great, and I think Doctor Thackeray is is a wonderful doctor to track. But it's almost that same kind of idea where. He goes to such extremes, and the revelation that he's going to those extremes is what really kind of inches the drama forward in a lot of cases. But, like, the beating heart of the show was always Andre Holland's character. He had such a, a complicated romance with the, um, the hospital owner or provider. It's been a bit since I've, I've seen it. Um, and they've, you know, that's the kind of show that could absolutely just totally switch over. Like the proposed plans for the third season that never happened were going to be <laughs> extremely different than what they, you know, than what they'd made in the last two seasons. And it was frankly set up for a new, a new lead in general. And this brings me back to my original point, which is a lot of these choices aren't necessarily creative problems. Mm-hmm. They're, they're business problems. Right. Um, it's the fact that, you know, a lot of the people in the industry still see, you know, uh, a leading man as a more bankable investment than uh, a leading lady or a minority or just, you know, a a somewhat unknown actor. Right. And, you know, no one's questioning Andre Holland's talents, but he doesn't have two Oscar nominations under his belt. Um, I don't know what the most famous movie Clive Owen has done uh, closer, but that's like an indie was yeah, like the biggest Clive Owen's weird career is so weird that way. Like, I'm looking him up right now because I'm trying to think, like, yeah, they have closer listed first for him. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a while since he's done anything, like, really big. And he always, even when he was doing stuff, like, Sin City made money, I guess. Uh, Inside Man was a big one. Oh, True. Children of Men 
Like, yeah, he had a very Another solid run there. Yeah. No, he's very, like, and again, he's like, there's no doubting the talent, but, um, you know, when, when people look to invest in certain things or, or just to give their money backing a project, they want to know, they want to feel as secure as they possibly can, and having that kind of brand name talent at the top of the list helps them feel that way, and I I, I don't know if, you know, having Don Cheadle is is the reason Black Monday got a got a green light? It wouldn't surprise me because Don Cheadle's great, and he's got a long history with Showtime. He's got a great, yeah, great, uh, great history with the network. Um, great history as an actor. Um, there's like again, there's like it's very exciting to see him continue to do great work. Um, but it's just one of those things where a lot of the times it feels like we keep seeing the same stories over and over again because that's just what's been proven to work or mm-hmm. that's what they argue has been proven to work. Right. Um, and we don't know if it's a creative decision or not. We don't know if they were like, yeah, we think this is the better story or if it's like, well, we'll do it, but only if you tell this one instead. Yeah, I think it's something we don't give enough consideration. Um, I have a friend who's currently uh, in the process of casting her first film. I'm not going to go into any specifics about who's involved. Um, but she's you know she's been like going t- telling me about the process and it's literally down to her she's they're trying to cast one role and they're out to currently out to one actor and they're waiting to hear from that one actor if he wants to do it and if they don't if that actor doesn't want to do it cool if they have another name they'll, they'll go to the next name on that list and she's just like according to her producers going to that next name will mean the budget is three hundred thousand dollars less yeah. like and it's just like that's that's just the basic math they know how much they can get for one guy versus another guy and it's a three hundred thousand dollar difference and that means that means three hundred three hundred thousand dollars less production that means let fewer days that they get to shoot or they have to make co- compromises elsewhere and it's yeah so maybe maybe uh you know one person is the better choice, but that person isn't going to get you the same level of financial investment. Like it's a weird, 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 um, weird calculus. Yeah, and an, an ideal scenario, like another another way that could go is like that getting that first person can pay for the salary for that second person, right? Who you wouldn't be able to afford without the first person. Right. So, like in an ideal world, they'd make that movie. People would see the second person, and then they'd give them their own thing. But instead, they keep reinvesting in whoever was the lead, and the cycle just kind of perpetuates itself. Right. Um, so it's a weird kind of, kind of like it's it's always good to have exposure, and it's always good to kind of, you know, uh, you know, as an actor, especially, you want to work, like you want to go out there and work. Um, but it, it's weird to see kind of how the system uh, fails when it's designed otherwise. Yeah, well, another, like, this is a different example, um, and it's not necessarily something that's good or bad, uh, but uh, last weekend, uh, two weekends ago, as you listen to this, uh, the fine Netflix show uh, Sex Education premiered. And you may, oh, if you live in Los Angeles, you've probably seen billboards for it all over the place. And it's very like, and the billboards have been very much selling the teen, the teen drama, teen comedy, teen romance angle. It's very John Hughesy, which is, to be fair, very much in line with the show's premise and the way the show comes off. I and I, you know, it, it work, it works for me. It worked for me really well. Um, but I do remember seeing those billboards and seeing these character posters, like they have breakout character posters. And their biggest star, the biggest star of the show, is not on any of the posters, and that's of course Gillian Anderson. And the reason Gillian Anderson is not on the posters or the billboards or anything is because Gillian Anderson plays the mom of the main character, and she has a good storyline throughout the course of the season. And she is, you know, she doesn't lack for screen time necessarily, but she is not 
officially the star of the show, and really, when it comes down to it, like it really is Asa Butterfield in the lead, and so it's 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 one of those things where you know one of the reasons I was excited to watch it was because I got to watch Gillian Anderson and essentially the closest thing to a sex comedy she's ever done, uh, but you know that's not the way that they've positioned the show, and that's because they don't want to sell it as the Gillian Anderson in a sex comedy show. They want to sell it as the teen sex comedy show. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, it's a testament to Anderson and I guess the Netflix team for, uh, for not mismarketing it, for not over-promising something that they're not going to deliver on. Um, well, I wonder if she had, like, sometimes there are contract stipulations, like she has to be, like she would have to be on the posters or something or whatnot. But sometimes they, I mean, clearly she didn't because she's not. Well, that's, it all comes down to her. Like, it's, it's what her and her team negotiate when they're making the deal. Sure. And what Netflix wants out of it. Like, they may not have wanted that. They may have been like, we're fine selling this as a teen thing because we've got a good teen cast and a good teen story and it'll be fine. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's always interesting when you, when you look at ensembles and, you know, everybody picks out a favorite. Everybody's got somebody who's like, oh man, I could watch a whole show just about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a matter of identifying how they serve the story and whether the, the primary story being told, since, you know, there's a lot of A, B, C stories going on in TV, um, whether that primary story being served is worth, like, the efforts of everybody around it or if it could be enhanced by, you know, shifting focus. Um, it's just one of those things that's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm always curious how much kind of casual TV viewers think that way versus they just kind of watch it and they're like, well, I like it or I don't. It's working or it's not. Um, or if they, you know, they have a dream scenario of, God, I wish this was Regina Hall's show, it would be perfect, or if they could edit around the rest of it, it would be more exciting, or, um, I don't know, like, I mean, everybody's got their favorite actor, and I think, uh, we were, when we were talking about this idea before the podcast started, uh, our colleague Steve Green, who's been on the podcast multiple times, you know, mentioned how a lot of people think, you know, they just see a supporting character that they really like, and they're like, man, I just wish it was them, like, I, I, that's my favorite part of the show, that's all I want to do. And a lot of times they're better off as the support. Like they're better mm-hmm. off yeah. just popping in and out because that's what their character is designed to do. That's as much as they can possibly support. That's like if you gave them, you know, a deeper, uh, more like pathos-filled storyline, it w- it might crumble because they're just – that's not what they're made for. And that's mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, the better uh, use of, of, of the show's time. But they can still be the best – thing about it so well i mean i wouldn't know if i i don't know if i would define my mom as a casual tv viewer but she as has as it has as has come up on this podcast before i think even in the episode where my mom was a guest on our podcast um she loves the character of taylor on billions to the point where she has gone like i have sat down with her so she can we can watch an episode of billions and she can just fast forward to all the taylor scenes if billions was the taylor show she would 100 percent be on board with that and to be fair it seems like billions has noticed that my mom is maybe not alone in this opinion and like i remember the season four trailer is it season four i think so um the season four trailer from what i from what i saw was like it's taylor versus the dudes and taylor could win yeah. Um, which is cool. Like, I'm, I mean, if you recognize that you have a cool member of your ensemble who could take on more, that'd be, that's great. Yeah, it's been very interesting how that show developed. Because honestly, now that you brought it up, I think that was one when it first premiered, 
I faulted because I just wasn't that interested in the two guys yelling at each other, like that aspect of it. Fuck them up, billions. I mean, they've got some good lines, and that's fine, but so much of it was watching these two, like, older, rich white guys just scream at each other without doing anything, and I was like, I don't know about this. And a lot of people note that, you know, billions didn't start as an addictive show as it is now like it it kind of worked its way into it and i think you know uh taylor was a huge addition um maggie sif's character kind of the development of that she's always been prominent in the show but she was another one that early on you'd see her and you'd be like wow there's a lot like there's a lot here and it's almost like they just need to go from like a like a 60 40 split favoring the men to a 60 40 split favoring her and like that slight shift would have been good but instead you know they they stuck with their guns and they just kind of brought in some support and reworked you know the the dramatic beats of it a little bit uh while still enhancing maggie sif's character like again and again and again and finding new fun things for her to do um so now it's developed into a pretty exciting it's pretty exciting thing to watch yeah I, i should try to catch up or maybe just watch the Taylor scenes from season three and then jump into season four. Yeah. I mean, they're finally season four is going to be an interesting kind of make or break moment for the show because they really are giving fans what they've wanted for so long. They're giving them at least it, it it's set up to be giving them Paul Giamatti and, um, Oh my God. Dan- Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis. Jesus Christ. Uh, together on screen like all the time like instead of them like kind of carrying their own divisions of the story and then casually meeting like once every five episodes to you know toss insults at each other uh they're going to be spending a little bit more it looks like they're going to be spending a little bit more time together plotting um other people's destruction or etc so um i just want to share that when i interviewed paul giamatti right before season one premiered I don't know how this question really evolved. I just looked it up. Uh, I did end up, there's some, some reason in this interview I asked him, but season four isn't a romantic comedy featuring you and Damian Lewis. And he's like, as far as I know, no, but that could be interesting. Yep. Uh, he then, he, his theory was that they would have to end up in prison together. And then it could be a fun prison drama slash romantic comedy about them falling in love. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, at the time it definitely was, it still is weird to see them together because of how much hatred they shared. But, but now maybe the hatred becomes love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe your prophecy is coming. Maybe you just put it out in the universe. They happen to like that stuck in the back of their head. And now all of a sudden we're going to get some real crazy billions action. No, I re- that's funny too. Cause like, I remember asking him if about the, like the potential for Damien Lewis and him having uh, a, a torrid affair. This was, yeah, the same TCAs where, uh, <laughs> where I also got, uh, John Travolta and, uh, shoot, the actor who played uh, Johnny Cochran. Courtney B. Vance. Thank you. They uh, they were paired together for an interview, and we started talking about how uh, 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 they should fall in love on the show. Interesting. Yes. It was a theme, apparently, of that trip. Apparently. Apparently. Um, anyways, I, I remembered the romantic comedy part. I did not remember predicting season four was when it would happen. So I have special powers. Apparently so. Uh, another show I kind of want to mention here in this in just in this general topic of conversation before we move on to best thing next thing is uh the newest season of star trek discovery premiered uh, as you listen to this last thursday and i'm a lot of people have responded to it really positively i think there was a lot of really good stuff in the season premiere i'm a little on the fence on the show in general right now because i feel like they have 
the show has a really small ensemble in comparison to other Star Trek series. Uh, like, you know, those opening credits would have like nine characters in it. And, on, you know, they'd be served to some varying degree of ness, not necessarily the best. Uh, but point is, is that Discovery has a small ensemble. They've added a couple new characters this season, but I still don't feel like they're doing justice to the characters they already had. And especially because they're bringing in characters who represent kind of like fan favorite choices, you know, bring no, and it's just like, you know, you, you went ahead and launched a Star Trek series starring a black woman and you still keep on bringing in new white male captains to run, to run the discovery. Like this feels like a weird choice that you guys are making. Um, and especially because like Sonequa Martin-Green is really good. It'd be really interesting to see her take more of a lead role in the show, but they instead have brought in Ca uh, Captain Pike. And it's still her journey to a degree, but it's still, it feels like, it feels weird. It feels weird, that's all I'm saying. I look forward to be pr being proven wrong in future episodes and that it really remains her story. But also they're bringing in Spock. That's a, and like, who knows how that's gonna affect things. Uh, so bearded Spock. Bearded Spock. Well, he's probably gonna shave. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna tell Vulcan what to do with his facial hair. Seems like a bad idea. They're very strong. Right. Um. I mean, are there other examples you're, you're thinking about, Ben? Uh, no. I mean, there's there's plenty out there. Right. And, I mean, it's all subjective. Uh, but it's kind of just an interesting thing to to consider. Um you know, for as, as different aesthetically, for as different structurally, for as different, you know, in terms of like the genre or the topic, uh, these shows can be, it's interesting to see how many similarities um, some of them share when you're trying to make a quote unquote prestige TV show. And I think it's, you know, beyond time for us to start moving on from what that one definition used to be. And um, we have to just look at more people. So yeah. here's hoping we do. I mean, we are. There's yeah. plenty of them that do, but it's still frustrating to see some of the big ones do the same thing. Over and over. Um, well, let's make that our question of the week, maybe, is uh, what shows do you feel like have the wrong lead character? Um, we haven't had a question of the week in a while. Maybe people will respond. You can reach out to us on Twitter with your answers, or you could reach out to us via email at ben at IndieWire.com and Liz at IndieWire.com. Don't email me about Gotham. They've got the perfect lead. <laughs> uh speaking of which we will we do still plan to talk about gotham we're so sorry it's not going to be this week soon soon we will talk about gotham it's coming it's coming ready ready get ready for the two hour long gotham no, stravaganza no not doing no maybe an hour maybe, maybe. An hour. <laughs> you say that now i'm not gonna go from like a half hour a half hour show to a two hour show like you do like you just double. That's as much as you can handle. Otherwise, it gets terrible. <laughs> but while we're talking, Ben, what was the best thing you saw last week? I mean, I owe a belated apology to the uh. television program Wayne. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because on last week's show, as all of you heard, I don't even remember exactly how it went down. I just remember I was under the impression that, that Wayne was the new Batman spinoff. Like that yes. it was the new Bruno that was, Hiller. That was what you show and that's actually a, a pennyworth which is about his butler instead of uh instead yeah. of like a young bruce wayne and i was like i mean i, I thought there were two because i knew pennyworth existed i just thought this was the one bruno heller was doing anyway 
Um, it's not that. It has nothing to do with Batman. It's just about a kid named Wayne and um, him kind of surviving a very hard upbringing. And then um, he goes on a road trip with one of his new friends. And it's it's very violent. Like, it's a very violent show, but almost cartoonishly so. Like, I, I don't really want to compare it to Deadpool because I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. Um, but it is from the producers of Deadpool and the the way they incorporate violence is at least similar. It definitely has a lot more um, kind of emotional bearings, like a good grip on on who these characters are and, and how to make us uh, invest in their journey. Um, but it's it's good. Like it's it's a it's a half hour YouTube original series. Um, I kind of just sucked down the first five that they sent us. Uh, it's got a, a Rectify reunion for anybody who misses Rectify. Really exciting stuff. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's there was a lot more to it than I was expecting, even though my expectations were just so far off, thinking it was something completely that it wasn't. Right. Um, and once I actually dug into it, I I really liked it. It's 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 if you can get YouTube, if you can watch it, by all means, it's good. You at least probably be able to sample the first episode or two. Yeah, which is a poor strategy but anyway um liz what was the best thing you watched last week um first off before you before we move on i have to i this is a joke for steve green and steve green alone and maybe anyone else who listens to blank check uh ben does wayne know that he's in a tv show no okay thank, thank you very much for letting me do that no it's not really meta yeah, there's none of there's no none of that uh, Deadpool element to it. Thankfully, all right. It's um, yeah, it's just violent. Well, I'm gonna start off by uh, talking about something that is not a TV show. Uh, ben, you gave me for Christmas a thing, oh, yeah. a, a, a wood thing or paper thing with with the words printed on it. Um, it's like like a screen. I, I think I think I saw John Wick kill a dude with it in the newest John Wick trailer. Like it's called a book. That doesn't really narrow it down. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. The things that John Wick uses to kill people. <laughs> but I definitely think there's a scene in a library where yeah. John Wick is surrounded by the wood th- the paper weir- wood things, and then he kills a dude with it. Interesting that you know what a library is, but you are struggling to remember the term book. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but the book you gave me is fortunately about television and right. the internet, so I felt very, I feel very safe and secure reading it. It's that called was the design. Um, yes, it's a, uh, it's called it's a book called Ship It by Britta London. It's been out for uh, a couple months now, uh, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I hope to finish it, finish reading it this weekend. It'll be my relaxing weekend treat. Uh, but it's about. It, I definitely re- recommend checking it out if you're interested in the cross section between fandom and television. There's a very it's a very fun, easy read, but there's also a lot of interesting ideas about the nature of online fandom and how it affects uh, television and how, whether it should and vice versa. It's there's a lot going on, uh, so I liked it. I'm liking it a lot. Uh, so, in thing in terms of things you should be watching, like not with the demon booksness. You know, for somebody who's so anti books, uh, you're reading that pretty fast. Like you only got it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I most re- I read. Like I think I read eight books last year. Ben, one one of my when I, in all seriousness, one of my one of my weird uh, one of the many jobs I've had is uh, I was a book reader for a production company for a couple of years, which is a really good way to kill your love of reading. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, I can I can knock them out pretty fast if I want to, um, if, especially if I'm enjoying it the way I am. So 
the best thing I saw last week is a show that's coming up on Comedy Central called The Other Two. Um, technically, I watched it the week before, but I didn't get around to talking about it. I think there's an embargo. Uh, but The Other Two is really fun. It's a... It's really fun. It's got surprisingly a lot more heart than you would expect from a being in Comedy Central and the premise. Uh, but it's about basically the uh, two older siblings of a breakout uh, Justin Bieber-esque teen star and how they're coping with his fame while they're also kind of trying to come to terms with their own kind of failed ambitions. And it's the way it's it's uh, got a really good cast uh, led by Molly Shannon, who plays the stage mom of the, the mom of uh, all three kids, but is really committed to her stage mom lifestyle now that her youngest son is famous. And there's a lot of cool stuff. It, it's, it's really well made. It's uh, created by Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, who used to be the head writers of SNL. And it's kind of like, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out if you can. It's it, And it's uh, the lead out from Broad City. Broad City's, Broad City's gonna, um, you know, be its, its lead in which stands to reason it being the lead out. And yeah, uh, recommend. So Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? I mean, definitely Broad City. Um, I mean, you've seen Broad City. Technically, I've seen the first, well, I've seen three of the final season episodes. They haven't confirmed what order they're in? Oh, they've confirmed they're not the first three. They're Um, not? No. Really? They don't don't give us those. That's not how Comedy Central works, Um, or at least not with Broad City in the past. Yeah, no, they like with the other two, I've seen the entire first season, which was actually very serialized. I mean, great, but in the past, they've never given us Broad City in like the sequential order. They kind of handpick what they want us to know and what they want us to kind of break down for the early season reviews, but it's, it's really good. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of that um but i think the the thing i'm going to highlight um first and foremost is just uh conan is coming back and Yay. conan is debuting conan o'brien's debuting a new half hour format for his tbs show um which i'm really excited to dig into like there's been like plenty of talk about it plenty of kind of analysis about what they're trying to do um why they're cutting it down what this means for conan there was a a, a great quote from an interview that he had where he uh, that circulated Twitter last week where they kept asking if Conan was okay and he's obviously fine he's got a great grip on things and the right attitude about it but um anyway because he is such a um a conscientious guy I'm I'm very excited to see what he does with the new format uh I hope that it gets things kind of in the buzzosphere going again a bit I mean TBS is it's kind of hard to get people to talk about those shows because they're not readily streamable um but you know uh, Conan is is consistently great, so uh, I'm excited to see what he does with a new creative enterprise. Do you know uh, Do you know so. what the metaphor he's using for going from an hour to half an hour is? I don't think so. His metaphor is uh, is like a chocolate chip cookie, a smaller cookie, same number of chocolate chips. Which, great. by the way, then uh, there's a box of chocolate chip cookies over here that you should eat. Is that from Conan? Yeah. Oh, great! It's with a little card that says "same amount of chocolate chips, smaller oh, cookie." Shit. Yeah. All right. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't even know those were there. Yeah, I forgot to tell you. Free you plug, not a boughten plug. Yeah, not a no, completely plug. organic plug. I'm yeah. the one mentioning the cookies at this point. Sorry, we can't cool. share the cookies with you, gentle listener. Um. Oh man, I get cookies now. Yeah. Good uh, pick. All right, Liz. What are you looking forward to next? Oh goodness. Well, I'm basically going to just yell at myself for not having. Seen, okay, Ben is going for the cookies. Um. <clears throat> there we go. Big sugar. Yeah, it's a good, good cookie company. <gasps> Ben's really excited about the cookies. They are really good. I had one already. Um, okay. 
Ben Ben eats the cookies. Um, I'm going to say that I'm looking forward to finally trying to sit down with You're the Worst. I watched the first two episodes back last summer prior to TCA's, not even because I was doing anything on it. I just didn't want to be spoiled by any questions from the panel. Uh, so I watched them. So I probably actually should just watch the whole thing. I Maybe I'll just gobble it all up like Ben is gobbling up these cookies. Um, <laughs> it's actually a little eerie. I'm kind of curious to see if you can eat the entire box in one sitting. I mean, I definitely could. <laughs> I shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. That sounds like a bad plan for you. There are like 10 cookies there. Um, so, yeah, that's the next thing I'm looking forward to. There are eight. There are eight. There's no six. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, all right. So, They're small. Yeah, they are small cookies. About chocolate chips. Uh, cho- chips Ahoy sized. Um, anyways, you'll be able to read, not about the cookies. Mm. <laughs> the cookies might come up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're quite good. <laughs> well, the cookies. I love chocolate chip cookies. They're, chocolate chip cookies are pretty hard to beat. As as far as cookies, oh, can we ask for cookies for the twenty two hundredth episode? No. What? Damn it, Ben. We don't need more treats. But we we're getting rid of them. We won't have any in the office by the time two hundred hits. We didn't have them in the office when we first made the deal about what you could ask for. God damn it! It's not like you can go like buy a pony and then say the pony is not going to be here <laughs> at our two hundredth episode. Somebody should buy us a pony. Well, theoretically, I would like get rid of the pony. The pony's not a finite resource the way that the cookies are. Increasingly finite. Oh, yeah, they're not. They're, those are gone. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not going to eat the pony. Listen, Liz, I, I'm just trying to do you a favor. I, if, if, if somebody sent us these cookies or cookies of any sort of quality, right. you don't get any of them. I will eat them so fast like Cookie Monster, <laughs> and then I'll feel bad that I ate all the cookies and you didn't get any, and you'll feel bad because that was what we got for our 200th episode and you didn't get to enjoy them. So I'm just trying to spare some heartbreak and some embarrassment for everybody. Okay, fair enough. I guess I see your logic. <laughs> <laughs> the logic which basically consists of Ben gets to eat all the cookies. Right. I don't want to do that, but I know that I would. Yes. Okay. So you might get to read about the cookies, but you'll definitely get to read about Conan and other stuff on IndieWire.com. Where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. Make sure to listen to IndieWire's other podcasts. They probably won't eat cookies during them. <laughs> so that's they're probably, a little more. Per- <laughs> that's probably a plus. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I bet it's Screen Talk with Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson. They'd eat a cookie on 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 mic. I'm now thinking about what would happen if I walked in in the middle of their podcasting and like gave them a cookie. I mean, I would. I would. I think Eric would just kind of look at it and like put it down on the desk and be like, "Hey, thanks." And then Ann would just go for it. One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, make sure to listen to Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn um, for that reason, in case we do walk in and give them cookies and you get to hear what happens, uh, but also because, you know, the Oscars are coming out on Tuesday, and that's pretty exciting stuff, so, uh, yeah. you know, pay attention. They're going to have some thoughts. Um, and then, of course, don't forget, I mean, he's like the chocolate chip cookie of humans. <laughs> um, the one, the only, the great, the powerful, just like built from head to toe with chocolate chips. Uh, Chris O'Fault. Chocolate, wait, Chip O'Fault. Yeah, Chocolate Chip O'Fault. We did it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you could find How can I change his name on Slack to that? I don't know. You have to ha- you, we can, we, we'll need to get someone from the New York office to hack his account. Okay. Zach yeah. will do it. Yeah, Zach will do it. 
All right. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And far better. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. Damn, this is a good cookie. I fucking right. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I apologize for not being able to share cookies with you. I don't. You know, that Ben literally just took... This is just, this is cookie number three, I think. Oh, man. Some really good decisions are being going to be made this weekend, I bet. Well, only four oh man <clears throat> so again thank you for listening uh we will be back next week uh happy martin luther king day if you're listening to this on monday uh and as always keep watching television mm-hmm.